All right. I'm supposed to do the five. See, when Torrin's not here, I'm like five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> I will let him edit all that out. <laughs> I wonder, he'll probably add his whole thing about, um, what is it he says? I should start it off and say, and we're back live with Shifting the Narrative. <laughs> and we are live back with another episode of Shifting the Narrative on Everything Autism. See, that's how you do the opening. So I am back and you are back, my guest, uh, Tiffany. Um, Tiffany, is that the preferred name? We have so, uh, so many Tiffany. I'm like, is everybody Tiffany? Do we all, is everybody named Tiffany? <laughs> like, it works. <laughs> no, like, you know, they go by Tiffany and Tiff and Tiffy. Perfect. It doesn't really It doesn't matter. Yeah. I love the name Tiffany. So I will use Tiffany because I like saying the name Tiffany. But for our listeners, um, Tiffany from um, Fidgets and Fries, uh, social media name is back with us. And so I'm super excited. Um, And of course, I'm excited because your book. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's so exciting. So the listeners may not have seen um, your post on Facebook, but you did a book opening. So would you like to tell us a little bit about the journey? But I'm, I just can't imagine how exciting it must have been to get your book and see it. Oh, yeah. Super exciting. I'm surprised I don't have it up here right now because I usually, (laughs) I've been carrying it around and be like, it's like a baby and then I left it downstairs um but like I wasn't even expecting it yet I thought it was gonna come later oh um because like it's out in May Mm -hmm. which is like a lot of time but not a lot of time depending on what what's going on (laughs) like would you like look at it so I guess I was like expecting it to come like in March or something and then that's like but I'm like, well, I get to look at it. Yeah. And, and I, I think I get other ones early too, they're like okay. giveaways and stuff. Oh, cool. Um, but I don't have those yet. So. Yeah. But that's <laughs> but, all right. You have your baby with you. Yeah, I have the one. Exciting. I know. And I have to say, of course, you know, none of us have seen it in person because it's not available to us. We can pre order. I have pre ordered mine, my families have pre ordered theirs. I have, I've given, I have been like telling, I'm like sharing, sharing, sharing. I, I was telling, um, uh, I read parts of, um, this other book, uh, to clients sometimes to get them to understand. And I use this book all the time. And somebody said, you should probably tell them to give you like a commission. Cause you've gotten so many people to purchase that book. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I just want parents to know I'm not interested in trying to get money off of someone else's book. I just want people to read the book and your book is beautiful. I mean, even from like through the, the video camera, right? Just like seeing it when you post the pictures, it's That's absolutely right. stunning. Was the, were the illustrations done with someone you've worked with before? No, never. I never even, even heard of Kate until the book. Until How was that? What's the that. process for working with an illustrator? That was um like scary and 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 I was like I was like a ball of nerves because before I signed with Row House, mm-hmm. I was in a 
I literally made a post and I said I was looking for illustrators. Oh. <laughs> like, because I, I was like, I'm putting a book out. Okay, I had to look what's going on. But I want this book out there in the world. Yeah. And I just need somebody to, to illustrate it. Mm-hmm. And so I put that little like call out. <laughs> and so I was like, yes, <laughs> seeing. And then I, I had even spoken with like a couple of book illustrators already. And then mm-hmm. like people who have already put out books and they connected me with their illustrators already. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I talked with a couple of them and then we just didn't really fit. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't have a, like we didn't gel well. Yeah. Um, and then it was like the cost. I was like, <laughs> you know, so it was just like, exactly. Yeah. But I still wanted to 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 put my to this book out. And I made that post and I got like it was a lot, a lot of comments, a lot of shares, and a lot of people. Wow. So to want to do the book. And then that's when I got like the message from uh Rebecca was like mm-hmm. I need I want to talk to you mm-hmm. <laughs> about let's talk and then we had a meeting and I was like in about three hours from home at a doctor's appointment and I was like we'll do the meeting I was outside in in the cold uh in like November of like last year oh, and I'm sitting here freezing in a in a in a in a target parking lot and I'm on like FaceTime with uh Rebecca mm-hmm. we're talking about uh, having uh, a meeting to talk about the book so mm-hmm. it was just like interest like it showing she was showing interest and I was like yeah then we had another meeting like okay. later this time I was actually at home <laughs> and not in the middle <laughs> so then we <laughs> was talking and I like on the spot pitched the book mm-hmm. right it's just like it's kind of, I'm like, it's kind of written, but it's not my like, got it, you know, best thing. You know how you want to, you want to talk about something. And while you might think it's the best thing ever, you kind of like downplay it a little bit because you're just yeah. like, they might not like it. So it's like, yeah. oh, it's good, kind of like, but you know, I'm still working on it. You yeah. know, <laughs> like this what it was. And I know like I'm pitching the ideas and then um, about this book. And I was telling her about the experience I was having with like other publishers, and other editors. Mm-hmm had approached me in the past and she liked what she heard and oh, good and I signed and then it was just like write the book put it out mm-hmm. and, and I'm a procrastinator so it's like <laughs> I have a set timeline to write the book. yeah I could give you one thing the editor and you have a timeline and then you I think I waited like all the way until like <laughs> I could and then I was like you know everything right yeah. And I think I wrote it like, like from in like a two weeks or something. Mm-hmm. And then I sent it off, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, what is it?" <laughs> you know, because you gotta send it to an edit- send it to an editor. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, help you with the book and stuff. But I had an amazing editor, and then the manuscript's done. And then that's when they find the illustrator. Wow. And um, that was the one thing that was good. I didn't have to cover the illustrator. Mm-hmm. Um, yep exactly and but the thing is like you don't really have the like freedom to choose who it is Mm -hmm. um so Rebecca gave me a list of like 10 different illustrators oh cool and with links to Mm -hmm. what they what their work was 
And so she's like, choose two or three um, that you like. So I'm like going through there and I'm like, I don't even know if Kate was on the list. She probably was, but I didn't choose her. <laughs> so I was just like, <laughs> I like choose, uh, you know, other ones. Like I was looking at their art and stuff yeah. and how it was. And, and I was trying to choose the ones whose, whose profiles I saw hit black people. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah. like a frame of reference. And yeah. stuff. And that's kind of like who I chose. Um, but they didn't even choose neither one of them. That I chose. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay. So like, oh, I'm super goodness. nervous about who, you know, who is Kate Cosgrove and how are they going to like of put course. Book together and like the words and how will it work? And like, we had no communication like at all. We probably could have had more, but I'm new. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, reach out to this person. Am I supposed to be talking to them directly? Mm-hmm. Um, are they supposed to go through, like, like, like the public? So that's what we was going. We was going through Rebecca. Mm-hmm. It was like, Rebecca was a middle person. Like, I would be like, hey, they didn't need glasses. Um, this is what, you know, his tablet was like or something. Mm-hmm. And I send it to Rebecca. And then Rebecca would send it to Kate. And then if Kate wow. had questions, Kate would be like, hey, what does Aiden's iPad look like exactly? Can you send me pictures of the oh my screen? Then she sent that to Kate and then Kate sent that to me. And then I would get the pictures and stuff put together, send it to Rebecca. Rebecca would send it to Kate. And so it was like, it was like that for like the entire time. And then it was just like a waiting game. Just mm-hmm. waiting until Kate finished some drawings. Yeah. And and when Kate finished up a few of them and they didn't have like, some didn't have like color yet. They were still black and white. Mm-hmm. And, and a couple of them had color. Wow. <sighs> like it was, it was like, this is good. This is like great. Yeah. And then some of the stuff that I thought was going to be exactly like that, it wasn't. Like some of the black and white pages, like mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be black and white. And I thought they were like, awesome. Like, because what it was like conveying in that part mm-hmm. of the story. It's like, man, that would be cool. <laughs> you know, but no, they ended up averaging color. being colored and yeah. I'm like, well, that's even better, you know? So it's just like, boom. But now since the, since she was done drawing the book and the book has pretty much gotten into like a little bit before the pre-order dropped, mm-hmm. that's when we started talking. Ah. And I was like, <laughs> now it's like, we're like, like, super friends and stuff <laughs> it's like we're like dang we didn't talk anytime like before that and so that is like, so amazing to me so, the like, process interesting you know yeah. like, wow that was I was nervous the whole time <laughs> so what I'm hearing Tiffany is you had a desire to write a book and you jumped in unsight unseen and just did it yeah <laughs> it came out beautiful <laughs> <laughs> like what's wild is like I I like that's how I communicate. The best way I communicate is writing. When I was like younger, I didn't talk much mm-hmm. in school, and and you know people didn't understand me when I did talk, and it was just like it was a lot going on in my head. My grandma was the first person to tell me how to write, and she showed me, you know, how to write, how to translate the things that's in my head, mm-hmm. and put it to paper in a way that you know prioritizes how I feel about it, but in a way that can they can understand as of well as someone else can understand. And boom, I got like about six, seven years ago or something. I was like, man, I want to write a book. Didn't know what kind. Didn't know what was going on. I told my grandma, I was like, I want to write a book. 
didn't know what it was going to be about. I just wanted to write a book. And the more I started sharing on social media about our stories and stuff, Mm -hmm. man, I really want to write a book. Yeah. I want to write a kid's book because I thought that it was like harder. (laughs) Like it it is. It wasn't up my in my my thing I had other thoughts other things that I wanted to do first I wanted something else to come out first and then mm-hmm. like I'll be all established and then I'm like dip into like the children book realm or something you know like go on and jump into that and I pushed that to the back of my like, back of my mind I was like I'm writing a book I wasn't even thinking about children's book except for one or t- once or twice mm-hmm. I was like I'm gonna do it but it's gonna be like laugh and then I got an email from an editor at Simon Schuster and so I met with her and she pitched the children's book. Ah. I was like, dang, okay. <laughs> she, didn't just, she didn't just pitch the children's book. She pitched the book that, an idea of the book that this is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how did I make that into a story? Because I wrote about our family's days and I called them mm-hmm. no talk days. And I shared that and I think that went this way it spread everywhere i think it was like six thousand like likes and stuff and it was just everywhere shared wow and that's how that's the one she saw okay i'm gonna make that into a book like i didn't know and she just wanted to see how it would look if i would come up with something kind of like write it out put it out and so i'm like okay cool so i wrote it out put it out she ain't like i know she didn't like it and i'm (laughs) just sitting there and I didn't like it really either because I didn't. I felt like I didn't even have much control over the story. Oh, okay. How I was supposed to, yeah, write it, and then the type of examples that she like sent me. Like she sent me a lot of like examples. Like, and I'm like looking at them, and I'm just like, okay, so it's got to be something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I was trying to do a book like that instead of write yeah. how who I am and stuff. So. That fell through, mm-hmm. and but the idea of a children's book was still like in my head. It's already planning. It's there. Yeah, and that book is there. So I'm like, I'll just make it better. I'll tweak it. I'll write it. Mm-hmm. Write it. I'll make it better. Um, and then by the time I got to Rebecca, I hadn't tweaked it. <laughs> I hadn't <laughs> made it better. I, I was just, it. I was just pitching. Like I was just like, I got this idea. It's cool. It'll talk about this, this, and this. And in mm-hmm. the back of my head, I'm like. No, you can't write this <laughs> like at all. <laughs> like I was not ready. I was like, "Oh crap, what did I get into?" Then you sign the contract, and you're like, "Oh crap, what did I get into?" What yeah. I and you know, you write it, and then and 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 just hope they like it. Like it's different. It's different when I'm writing for myself. Like on, yeah, on, exactly. I'm like I write for myself. There's nobody here for me. Like yeah. or 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 like it or 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 not. Yeah, you know. There's a few people that don't they don't care, but they don't care for what I read. Like, I don't care. My page. Who I want. Exactly. Yeah. You have a um <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's your page. Um, I, in fact, I told somebody that the other day about my group. I have a small group with my clients, and somebody said, Oh, I wanted to to post something. And I said, No, 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 no. This is not a uh a sharing group. This is just for parents to get information that I'm sharing. There's another group for that, right? I just didn't want it to be clogged up. So you're right. It's our group. It's our page. We can do what we want. Um, but I will say for listeners who may or may not have read your blog or seen your Instagram, 
Um, of course they will after they hear this episode, but um, you have a beautiful way of writing. So I can only imagine how different it was to write. Children's books are not easy to write. People think, oh, it's children's book. They're hard to write. Like it's not an easy task. No, um, it's yeah. not. <laughs> that was not. And I, and, I, and I wrote about like the feelings that I, I had um, mm -hmm. about this book and I shared it on Substack. I haven't shared it anywhere, like else yet because it was just like something that was just like I don't even remember what I titled you guys I think it was um this book started ugly because it did because it was just like I felt a lot of like confusion and 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 like these these feelings are surrounding like my abilities as like a writer mm -hmm. so I'm like I do all this I write about these complicated things, these complex things, and then I share all this poetry and I share all these stories. And I feel like it's good enough for someone to be like, hey, I want to publish a book, but then they tell me they want me to write for kids. A children's book. Exactly. So I felt like it was beneath my abilities. Ah. But at first I like I felt like, what? Like <laughs> that's what I felt when I first got the 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 um introduct the mm -hmm. email from the editor Simon Schuster. Then there's a few other um publishers and stuff and a couple of agents and stuff too. And I'm like, what vibe do I give off that says children's book? Yeah. Right. So like like the bulk of my stuff is like calling out racism and 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 how you know it could be yeah. like like not thinking about and then occasionally I talk about my kids and 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 and, and, and our lives and stuff. And I'm like mm -hmm. And even then, my kids are older, right? So it's like, yeah. they're like 15, they're like 13. I'm like, what vibes are we getting? <laughs> like, what, what am I putting out in the universe? And they're like, hey, look. And so I just had these, this, these, these, these complicated, mm -hmm. like, these thoughts, like, surrounding it. And then I was like, so then I got to write this book. It's a mm -hmm. children's book. And then I have to get illustrated by somebody else. And then it's oh, a lot wow. of, like, control I give over to someone else. Yeah. And then we share space in that book. And then it's just like, like, I want my own thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's when like, you know, when I came and that's how I went into like that at first. But when I was writing, I was happy. I was gleeful. I was like, yeah, you know, but you know, when I laid my head down at night and I thought about it, I think about it, I'm like, man, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, then you have these feelings. Then you feel bad for having those feelings. And you know, you don't really I didn't know how to um, address them or confront them because yeah. part of me was like incredibly excited mm -hmm. about it. Like super happy and super, I think like what they say, like um, like only like 1% of people get published or like traditionally or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm one of them. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, I'm incredibly proud about that. And so it took like me just trying to like, go through all those like feelings and stuff and lead into the excitement that I had about it. Yeah. Because yeah. I was incredibly excited about this book and I felt like it was going to be a beautiful thing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you have that other little thought over there and it's like, not that thought. Move that thought away. Or look at that thought and you know, try and figure out what's like behind it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it was just like a lot of me just trying to prove myself. Yeah. And that's how I, a lot of times I feel like when I 
come here and I come on these spaces and you're and you ever you just feel like you're constantly explaining yourself mm-hmm. and then you're explaining yourself again and then you're trying to prove something and then you're always trying to prove something and it's like it's to a point where it's like it almost becomes your identity like I have to prove something I have to prove myself and that is what was like driving all of that like how do I prove myself mm-hmm. with a children's book yeah right you know and so once I kind of like got over that got over those feelings then I could sit and fully appreciate what it was that it did mm-hmm. and and what it is that I, you know came up with and be completely and totally and fully like happy about it because I was happy about it mm-hmm. but like something was like holding back from like fully yeah. enjoying it and yeah and I got up and I wrote about that and I was just like it was a process and I got through it and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm like super happy yeah. and now I'm like I don't care if I do nothing but write children's books <laughs> I don't now you know it's so yeah I will I do want to write a different book um yeah. in the future and stuff but where I'm at with how I feel about this book and and and, and my abilities and everything else like I'm mm-hmm. just like I can Dr. Seuss me without the the problematic um yes. stuff but you know of course you know, of course i mean you know I, I will write i just keep writing kids books and i will say i appreciate that um you know we and and i'm not i think i'm a book lover so i think that um books are great in fact i earlier today i've been unpacking and i posted on social media i found all of these books that i read on like related to autism like 15 20 years ago like before we had Amazon. <laughs> and <laughs> I could not believe the titles. In fact, I told Torn we need to do a podcast on it because I was, I mean, some of the titles, it's like, like one of them is called The Siege, right? Like, like autism sieged their child, right? Like the whole. Oh, yeah, they, they was rough. Yeah, no, it was. And, I, and, you know, I, I will always say, you know, as a speech therapist back in the day, because um, I guess I can say that now, but you know, we didn't have information. I mean, I am so grateful that we have access to autistic individuals and access to information because I didn't have any of that when I first started this journey, trying to help my students as a speech therapist. So I think it's wonderful, but related to the children's books, you know, I think that children's books are so needed, especially around the different ways of communicating. Um, You know, I, talk to parents all the time because those are my clients and you know when they talk about well the school and and teachers say oh you know inclusion I'm like you can't if you want to have a inclusive environment where children are sort of embraced you got to explain to the other children you know why Bobby doesn't have two arms right or why you know Bernadette wears hearing aids because children are just curious and so there's a book I think called, you know, Why Bobby Spins. And, and so when you tell children, because children are not as, what's the word? Um, they haven't been poisoned by <laughs> society quite yet, hopefully. So they're very innocent and they're very open to, once you explain to them why, they're fine. You know, even with accommodations, when somebody says, well, you know, the other kids don't get extended time, they don't need extended time. So they're not going to ask for it. So why is it? Like, you know, a fairness of whatever, like, that's crazy. I wear glasses. Everyone doesn't need to wear glasses. So 
I think children's books are going to be the key to the next generation having a different, well, like we're trying to do on this podcast, shifting the narrative, right? We won't have to shift their narrative because children will be able to read your book. Parents are going to read your book. Teachers are going to read your book to children. Um, well, yeah. I and agree. that's going to be different. Yeah. And, and um, that is one of the things I recommend all the time. I have several of my parents, they go in twice a year. They go in the beginning and they go midway and they read a book and they talk to the other children about autism and specifically what their child needs or how their child communicates differently and how they can communicate with their child. And, and that is to me, that is the way we can make those we won't have to make shifts if we start when they're little. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I, I agree that I wrote about that. Um, something similar. It was like several months ago, like before the pre-orders came out, it was just like, I wanted the book to be a, like, it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. I needed it to be a book that wasn't just for autistic mm-hmm. Yep. Just wasn't just for the autism community was for people outside of it I wanted it to because I felt like I wanted to reach the children mm-hmm. and the parents that read to them and the teachers that read to them mm-hmm. and like the first time that like my kids ever realized they was different it was uh grade school mm-hmm. and it was just like one year like the kids were curious and they tried to play with them and they you know, still tried to play with them, even though they didn't talk back to them mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Is they were always happy, always kind, and always trying. Mm-hmm. And then over the summer, something happens. It changes. They come back to school and those same kids are like, he's weird. He's grunting too loud. He's, why is he doing that? Why is the Aiden just like, and then the next year is just a little bit more. Yeah, the more worse. So you're trying to hit those hit that spot in that in that spot where they're, they're curious and they're interested and they still care mm-hmm. and um, uh, they ask questions and they and they want to connect and stuff and you want to yeah. want to hit them there and, and and their parents and the teachers I read to them and uh, their communities and all of that stuff and I I felt like this book is important because it. For many children, it might be their first introduction to disability, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, my kids went to school where, where like Aiden was literally the only type of him ah. at the school. And, and, and it's just like, they had some like JoJo. Yeah. Couple. So it wasn't alive, but it was a few. Yeah. And, and, and none like Aiden. And and it was like and 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 we lived in cities that had like as little as seven thousand people to a city we just moved from not too long ago that has one hundred and sixty thousand people. Mm-hmm. He was still the only one. Gotcha. In that and so it's just like I wanted to reach this community and then beyond this community because I think like a lot of times when activists when they spend so much time online, mm-hmm. you almost feel like the rest of the world is here. Oh. Like you feel like, you know, everybody is, is supposed to be on here. They're supposed to be learning the things they've learned. They're supposed to know the things that you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, there's a whole world outside of this one. 
And we get so caught up in feeling like we have to fight it all and, and you don't need help from all these other And I'm like, man, we need everybody. Yes. We need everybody to help. So I wanted a book that was about autism that centered, you know, autistic characters, but it was like, it was for everyone. Yeah. Because I needed everyone to get it and to understand. And so, cause like a lot of autism books that I read, not all of them, but a lot, it's a sizable chunk. It mm-hmm. feels like they're only talking to this community. Yes. And it's, that's just it. Yes. Like you're either talking to just parents, mm-hmm. you know, or you're talking to just autistic people, or you're talking to both of them, or, but you're just talking to yeah. that community. And I wanted something that was going to try to like stretch kind of like beyond this community. And I wanted to do it in a, a, a lot of ways. And so that's why I struggled with the title at first. And then we had this, and then Rebecca had to sit down and just kind of like, kind of like talk it out. Cause I was like, I don't know about this title. And then like, I was like discussing it with my patrons. I'm like, I don't know about the title. Like I wanted the title. I liked it. And uh, apparently all um, like focus groups like the title. <laughs> so it was just like, but I was like, dang, I don't know. Because he has words. He just doesn't speak them, right? Yeah. So it's just like, how is he without the words? And then, so I couldn't, I wasn't ready to sign. But then I was like, this world outside of this autism community, mm-hmm. they assume my son knows no words. Yeah. And that he he has no grasp of language. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't hear what you're saying. That he can't comprehend what you're saying. He doesn't know words. And that's like the main questions that we get when we tell people that he doesn't speak. Mm-hmm. Also, he doesn't know what I'm saying. Ugh, like that. that like crazy. Right? So it's a lot of that. So I'm like, I tried to like inject the, like a lot of different things to address different communities and different things. So it's like this title had to serve as like a challenge to their perceptions. And then we make, so think about what you think of, of someone who doesn't speak, you know, prior to reading this. Mm-hmm. And then after this, what do you see now? Cause they, we, we used words. We just didn't speak them. Mm-hmm. So how does that change how you feel about someone who doesn't speak? Yeah. What changed then? And so I wanted that to be a challenge. So I wanted it to be a call to action. Just like, it costs you nothing to like go throughout your day and communicate with your community mm-hmm. text. You can just type it on your phone, turn it around, show the cashier. That's this, you mm-hmm. know, or, or writing it. Or um, if you have a tablet with a speech, and there's a lot of free speech apps that are just pretty basic and, and, and they're not as, you know, complex and, 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 and advanced as my son's quote unquote or anything, but there's literal speech apps. Yeah. That are free on your phones. Use that, punch that in. It costs you nothing to participate in that. And it can make a world of difference. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're showing your community that there's other ways to like communicate. Yes. Like we go through a drive through and they, and, and they sit there and they tell you on the thing, you know, if you're like, if you're disabled and you need help with, ordering or you need a special menu mm-hmm. just pull forward and then when you do that they act like you don't know what's going on <laughs> like, knows what to do they're like um 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 hold on um hold on let me get a manager um nobody's ever done this before <laughs> yes like it's right here y'all do this you advertise this you say this i so, so it's just like 
you participating in those days. Your classroom can participate in these days. And I'm like, what's that's one of the most amazing things about it because I've had several teachers already just like message me and say, our classroom has done days like this already. And we're like, you know, communicating with each other mm-hmm. with without speaking. And without, I'm like, man, we can just spread that. It can yeah. spread, you know, and it can go around just to show it and just to see because a lot of how we communicate is not is non speaking anyway. Of course, of course. And yeah, it's a problem when my son is it, or you have like the impatience, and, and so it's just like a lot of uh, different communities and, and issues and things that I wanted to address mm-hmm. with this one book with six hundred words and try to do in forty eight pages and try to like tackle a lot yeah. and then try to make it entertaining and then try to you know, show the, the the humanity of my son and the things that he likes and show he's not that different than anyone else and make it rhyme because he likes music and songs it. and things like that. And just try to like all these different ways where I can like inject all these mm-hmm. different things and I hope people liked it and, or like it because it's not out yet, but I hope <laughs> they, they like it and it, gets into the hands of like every person on the planet i know i feel that way too i'm like okay can we just like who where's the philanthropist to get this book into every school so that it's in every library like we need to work on that um right speaking of what is the name of the book we're just talking about the book and you and i know the name and we're like doing this they're supposed to the listeners are telepathically right supposed to um i mean we'll have all your links and stuff like that uh, with the episode but Tell us the really name, good, the name that you decided on. <laughs> it's um a day with no words, and it's just following one day where mom communicates just like the son does um, throughout the day, mm-hmm. and in this instance, it's through a tablet with um an AAC app on there and push buttons and it talks um or it produces speech out mm-hmm. of the device and just go throughout the day and, and and mom never drops it doesn't wait even when there's conflict you do not drop it you stay <laughs> with it even though you want and everything is just like everything that was not in that story was just like it was true yeah <laughs> just real circumstances I just needed to like write it, you know, in a way that was that children could like get. So like there's the park scene in there where there's like um he's playing and he's spinning and he's minding his business and and there's a, a crowd just staring at him and pointing and talking and mm-hmm. about him um negatively and stuff and me sitting there and trying to figure out what to do mm-hmm. and calm myself down mm-hmm. and then write it out on the no, write it out tap it out mm-hmm. <laughs> on the tablet a lot of times when those situations occur i will type it out i try to do like modeling with like with with, with aiden just doing like the pictures and tapping yeah. but sometimes you gotta you gotta open the keyboard on the app and you gotta you know you're like yes. you like you just gotta so that was the one instance in that book where I was just showing that that will I was talking about 
the mama character like typing out all mm-hmm. the um and and kate drew that like amazing she just had like the fingers just going and then like the the letters coming off of the oh i love the tablet and stuff and that was one of the things that i thought was like really amazing about what kate did um because there's not one there's not a lot of books with with aac yeah and then um when you do see them they're not the same or typical what you're used to it's just kind of looks kind of like game or like like it's like a toy yes there's nothing like wrong with it it's just i wanted i wanted it to be as real close to of what course. his looked like and so that's why it was awesome when i'm sending her the images of what his tablet like she drew it just like his tablet. It looks literally like his tablet with his so case awesome and his strap and his, his his shape the same his case is the same the mm-hmm. the sign language um image uh on the the buttons mm-hmm. um were the same and then what was also amazing was she drew it so where when you when she was trying to like show that they touched the tablet mm-hmm. um button the letters go off the 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 tablet so oh. it's show it was showing that this is his his voice coming yes mama's voice coming off the oh, tablet. Oh, that's amazing from it. And and I was like, I would never thought to, yeah. to, to do that. And she did. She also has a child with autism. So that that helps. Gotcha. gotcha you know, gotcha. I feel like, you know, because she she is in this world as mm-hmm. well that informed a lot of the decisions that she she made and mm-hmm. they were amazing decisions and just to show that the the, the voices go off the 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 tablet, tablet they go they, that's right yeah it's just it's going communicating i think directing that's awesome whoever yeah. was they were talking and she did that a lot with different things so like in, in the beginning of the book it was talking about you know all the different voices so mm-hmm. we're like we're talking about dad's voice and how it can be you know as big as like storm not but big as his booming as these winds that mm-hmm. um can like abandon ships at sea or something Jane's or it can be like really soft and 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 and, and gentle like 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 wind that kisses your cheek or something and she had the like uh, the little boy is sitting on dad's lap and, and the voice is coming out like the little of coming out and then um talking about you know mama's voice and how it, it, it sounds sing songy or like like mm-hmm. the um like the waves that a boat yeah. rides on so it's just like had the voice coming out she drew that and it was just like a there's a page in there where I describe like for him like like all these voices he hears in his mm-hmm. head and I was like and they thrash and they scream you know like just storms or something in his head through mm-hmm. this picture of just him and just his head and I think it's just from like his chest up or his neck or something and um I did not notice it until later like after I seen it I didn't notice it until like three weeks later there were literal storms in his head <gasps> like literal like different like storm pieces and and things i'll i'll send it to you so. that is so cool like i didn't even notice it at first i was like this was epic <laughs> you know it, what that um 
I think that that sort of is just a reminder of, you know, writing children's books and illustrating, you have to think about how children will see and view, like as an adult, like you're saying, oh, as an adult, you kind of missed it because we're not children perspective anymore. Unfortunately, we lose that. Unfortunately, we lose that perspective once we become um, a certain age, but I know I wish we could keep it. Um, But it is important for, um, you know, there are a couple of, I have uh, grandbabies now. And so there, I went to visit and my granddaughter was watching this YouTube uh, children's thing. And of course I'm like watching it thinking, oh my gosh, this is horrible. But of course I'm like, Stacy, it wasn't made for you. It was made for the two-year-old, right? It wasn't made for you. So of course she's excited and entertained. I'm just like, oh, can we turn this off? But it wasn't made for me. It was made for children, just like children's books. But of course we all love and appreciate a good children's books. So it's called A Day With No Words. Right. And what I will, what I will say is when I first saw the book in the title, I thought, oh my gosh, that title is perfect because I have to remind my families very often that sometimes your children will not have access to their words, right? And even teachers, right? But but specifically, I work with parents and, um, you know, they get frustrated because they're like, oh, you know, I don't understand, you know, why he won't, you know, he just talks when he wants to. And I'm like, oh, well, he may, but at the same time, he doesn't always have access to his words. And and Torin is not here today, but Torin, um, you know, I share the story all the time with my family is that Torin is a verbal communicator, right? That's his primary method. Um, but sometimes Torin doesn't have access to his words. And sometimes he doesn't have access to his words when we have to do a podcast with a guest. And um, fortunately, you know, Torin and I have a relationship where it works. And so the guest doesn't realize it. And we have a little strategy that we use and he's participating and I'm participating, but you don't know that it's, you know, you can't tell that he doesn't have access to his words, but it works out beautifully. The strategy we use is if I don't have access to my words, I'll tell Stacy ahead of time, like right before we record, and I'll just sort of interview her. So if you ever hear an episode where I'm asking a lot of questions I'm not actually inputting very much. I'm sort of just letting her talk and tell stories and things like that. Those are usually days where I don't quite have access to my words the way I would like. I never fully lose access to my words. I never fully become nonverbal. But I start mincing my words and I start tripping over myself and sounding just not intelligible to at least my standards. So that's the strategy we use. That's where I want everyone to be reading your book um, and starting with the children because we have to, and I say we, I am not an autistic individual and I have to make adjustments, right? For my students, for my friends who are autistic, for um, my clients, because it matters, right? It matters. It's it's no, you know, I say all the time, um, why can't we make adjustments for our autistic students when if someone comes to you and says, I, you know, oh, you have to talk to me on the left because I'm hard of hearing on the right. We move to the left, right? If somebody can't see, we put a student in the front. Why do our children not get the same courtesy of people making adjustments and accommodating? I mean, I know why that's a whole nother podcast, but I think this book is going to be another part of the next generation 
coming up with a different perspective, right? And hopefully we won't need a podcast about shifting the narrative on everything autism because there will be no narrative to shift. That would be my ultimate goal. Um, and I know I'm being idealistic because uh, there's so many cultural differences. And, and, and just a really quick side note, I always get folks, you know, oh, Stacey, you should write a book. And I'm like, oh, the books have been written. But if I could like just get, like if I were to write a book, of course, I would have to have like this philanthropist to fund me because I would love to write a book about the cultural dynamics on autism because I work with families all over the world and there are lots of cultural accommodations that have to be made. There are a lot of cultural pressures based on the country and it's not easy to say, just let them spin, right? Like it's not easy in um, a mosque where everyone has to pray. Like that is not easy to say to the church um, uh, or to the, the members of the mosque that my child needs to move. And so yeah. how do we work around and navigate that? Um, exactly. Yeah, so I really, and that's kind of like my dream retirement to just travel for two years and, <laughs> and get stories and, and, and write on that. But um, your book is uh, absolutely beautiful. I can't wait until I have it in my hands and I'm sure a lot of other people. And I do think that I will say, I love your writings, um, your adult writings. <laughs> Um, but I am very glad that someone, um, uh, prompted, hinted, uh, nudged you in the direction for a children's book, because I think it's important. I am um, too. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> you know, you know adults like are hard to shift. At first, but I was, I am like all in with it. I didn't see it at first. I was still going to do it. And then I wanted to do it. And mm -hmm. so that was the one thing that I was super happy about, like pitching and, and talking yeah. about. Um, and I, I, I feel like it won't, it won't it's not going to just change children. It's going to change the, the adults who are. Of course. Of course. And, and it's going to like open so many like minds mm -hmm. and, and hearts hopefully, um, about, you know, those who. Uh, experience life in a, in a different way mm -hmm. and, and 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 just communicate differently I'm super excited and you know <laughs> I think that you know as, as a I mean I I communication is super important and of course you know I talk a lot about sensory because that is I just love talking about sensory because it's it's so important um for our kiddos and teens and adults to navigate the environment but the communication part, I think that it, for a while, I feel like it was kind of forgotten about and pushed to the side. And now mm -hmm. we're starting to get more momentum um, because I will, I am very surprised as a, um, coming from a background as a speech therapist, it still floors me how many speech therapists have no idea how to work with and teach communication to autistic children. And I'm like, it's 2022, like it's 2022. Like when I started this 20 years mm -hmm. ago, like it's 2022, like why are the programs not teaching this? Like, what are we waiting for? Um, what are we waiting for? And it's not happening. It's not happening quick enough for me. Um, no, yeah. It's not. And, yeah. and my, my son has 
gone through so many speech therapy evaluations. So many. He's only had three therapists mm-hmm. in his entire life um, since he started speech therapy in mm-hmm. in in ECI, which is like early childhood intervention. Yeah. Um, and then all the way up until I want to say twelve or thirteen, mm-hmm. and um, majority of them would say or try to say. It was because they didn't understand his app. And I'm like, uh, what? Yeah. Not Provoclo. Not the first one. Yeah. Not the first AIC app. The one that's been out the longest. Like my son first was introduced to him when he was four. Mm-hmm. 15. Yeah. How? Uh, and then, uh, yeah. it wasn't even just not. What I didn't understand is, here's my son. Mm-hmm. He understands the basics of what these apps do, even if he can't fully like navigate them yet. So yeah, touch chat's a little bit different than 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 Proloquo, mm-hmm. but he knows the generals of it. Of you course. push this button, it says yes. something, and this is what I'm telling you. you, you no matter what app it is, it's doing that. So yeah. how you learn how to teach it, that should be different. That shouldn't change. It's gonna be difficult. Now trying to figure out how to set the screen up or 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 you know try to find the help button on the settings or the edit button okay maybe they're each different they vary mm-hmm. from different apps to app but basically you try teaching him how to use these apps regardless of which one it is that shouldn't that shouldn't so that was what was frustrating that was the majority of them. And then other ones would just come out flat out and say they felt he was too um, severe uh, for them. And uh, you get you go through enough of those and you just stop. And, and I did. And so it was just, I couldn't do it. And then I came online. Then you went online. Mm-hmm. And then you realize not much changed since you started talking about it. It's just like, it's like, Non-speakers are invisible, and you know they don't see them. They don't talk about them much, mm-hmm. um, and, and that goes on both sides. It's yeah. from parents, and it's from parents talk about them more because they're the parents of yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and and uh, as autistic adults, this half not even lie, they don't address them mm-hmm. much, and and it's just like and it's because a lot of them haven't even interacted with one in real yeah. life and they'll tell you this but then continue to advocate for things that don't make sense exactly what does not help them in any way that's the frustrating part of it all and that's um what i talk about a lot mm-hmm. um and and i don't intend on <laughs> letting up i'm gonna keep talking about that <laughs> and, and I... try and, and, and put out different you know things and and and, and just a, a, a way to amplify uh those like my son yeah and stuff and i have a um a, a parent of mine um uh, her son is uh high school now and he has verbal but it's not really reliable and so you know he's at an age now and he uses a device and so for backup uh and he requested that when he went to high school, he wanted to just use a small, a large phone with his app, not a big iPad. Yeah. And 
they worked on that. Like that was a goal. That was what they worked on. And so when he went to high school and then the high school said, oh, we don't allow phones. They're like, but it's not going to be used as a phone. It's like a, his communication device. Oh no, we have a zero tolerance. Okay. It's his communication device. Like, I'm not quite sure. Like we also have things that we have rules, but if a child is in a wheelchair, they're going to have to go. I mean, like, what is this about where people commute? I mean, I just floors me. I mean, I, when I, the stuff I hear, this is why I do not do school stuff anymore. I don't go to meetings. I, I, for my mental health, I cannot tolerate it. It is just, I, it's astounding to me in 2022 with all of the access we have to so many different varieties of people around the world that we still have so much ignorance around people communicating differently. Like it just baffles me. Um, but, you know, that's why we're doing this podcast. That's why you wrote the book and we're trying to, like you said, we're not going to stop talking. <laughs> um, we're just going to keep doing it. I keep saying, I'm just going to keep as long as God gives me this voice. I'm going to keep talking, talking. I'm not as good at typing um, because I don't like typing uh, motor planning with my hands, but I'm going to keep uh, communicating what I have to say uh, so that people can start to hopefully uh, try to shift their narrative. And, and I think that you, you said something in, in regards to not just the children, but the adults. And I think that's a really good point, especially for our listeners to realize that children are such good examples, right? And so when the children, it's, I think of when when children are on recess and they're in elementary school and children are just looking at people for who they are with their innocent honesty. So when they say something like, oh, your skin's darker than mine, right? It's like, oh, it is. So my skin's this color, your skin's that color. They're not coming from a place of racism until an adult says something and makes it racist, right? That's taught to them. They're just looking at it as it's a, it's a obvious difference in skin complexion. And so when they bring home their friend, who's not the same skin complexion, parents have no choice, right? But to follow because they've chosen this person as their friend, whether it's the person that is, you know, has Down syndrome or an autistic individual or someone in a wheelchair, your child has chosen someone to play with that, that they want to hang out with. And you're going to have to follow because children are just so wonderful at accepting once you give them an answer they just want to know they just want to know why does bobby just have one arm like kids just want to know why does he only have one arm and just tell them he only has one arm because he was born with only one arm and the kids are like okay and they move on like they really move on with their lives they're not yeah that um they don't need a big major explanation so the book is coming now i know we're getting close to time we're um closing up this episode uh, the book is going to be released to our hands in May, correct? But right. we can pre-order now, which is important. Um, in <laughs> fact, I'm, I actually, I'm considering uh, pre-ordering a, another copy because I ordered a book last two years ago and the book is no longer in print. And I panicked because I bought one for me and one for my friend to read and I, I said to her, can I have that book back? Because I need two copies because it's no longer in print. And she said, okay, because I love my books. Um, I love my books. I lost all of my books in 
Hurricane Katrina. And so um, I didn't buy books for a while, but now I have books that I'm still holding on to. And I love my books. My, my vision is to be this um, nutty professor in an office at a university with like stacks of books falling all over and just like books everywhere, books, books, books. Like that's my envision for my, my old age. <laughs> just <laughs> surrounded by books that are all disheveled on my desk. So is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners in regards to how they can use your book? I know you've given some suggestions on, we want everyone to read it or any final words before we end besides everybody go pre-order the book. Um. Definitely. <laughs> it, yes. it helps. Pre-orders help so, yes. so, so much. Um, it helps to get exposure for new authors mm-hmm. like myself it helps yes. to um let retailers know if my book is worth putting on shelves in gotcha. their stores mm-hmm. um because they look at those numbers and they're like yes. you know hey always like about the numbers yes people are wanting to buy this mm-hmm. yeah let's put it on our shelf yep. um and i would love to be in somebody's books though <laughs> somewhere it will um, be in, it'll be in several bookstores I, I, that's my hope. I think I think I have a, a good chance of yes. it being in a store somewhere. It will. Um, but yeah, it's like pre-order. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Pre-order <laughs> one for yourself and then yes, buy another like, one you know, for a, someone, yeah. another family. Yes, school. <gasps> yeah, or in school. Or your the school, that's right. Um, that's right. We've had some some individual like like autism organizations mm-hmm. who ordered it or um a parent has ordered it for them uh definitely therapy centers daycare centers um yep any place that you could think of that has children mm-hmm. frequenting it um often uh consider it for them or um we do have like my publisher um mm-hmm. we set up a program where it's like a buy a buy a book gift a book um mm-hmm. think so if you're a teacher or a um librarian we might could extend this to like therapy centers too but you can go to um you can order the book from anywhere mm-hmm. um and then you have it shipped to my publisher in uh new jersey um mm-hmm. send you this stuff and then someone who is requesting a book, a teacher or a library, librarian um, who requests a book, they're put on a list um, and then they get one of those, those books. Oh, how nice. I love uh, that. Yeah. Um, for them. And uh, hopefully we can get it into uh, as many schools yes. and libraries as we can. I do know that some people are requesting it from their libraries, but it depends on where your library is. Some libraries don't like don't do pre-orders. You have to have the book that's already out. Then ah, order it. it, and then you have other people's libraries are like we we ordered ten, yeah, <laughs> like already. Yeah. So it's just like it depends. Different. It just depends on your library. So definitely just find out you know how your library does mm-hmm. um, pre-orders, and you can request it um, from from them. Um, but yeah, pre-order is pretty much Perfect. available yes. everywhere. That's it's pretty it. Much it. Almost everywhere. I'm going to challenge the listeners with pre-ordering 
And when the book, when you get your copy in your hand, um, I want you to purchase another one and I want you to gift it to whomever, whether it's a family, a school, a church, um, you know, uh, where the kids go to Sunday school, because (laughs) those little things are, they make such a difference, right? For one person to put one book and then some child picks up that book or the teacher reads it or it doesn't really matter. I'm going to challenge everybody. So when you get pre-order yours, when you get yours in your hand, order another one and gift it to a family, a therapist, a school, a church, daycare, whomever you feel that you can gift it to, because, um, you know, we're here to shift the narrative and we can't shift the narrative if we're not talking to people whose narratives need to be shifted. (laughs) We've got to get the information out there to those people who still need to to, to understand that just because someone does not use verbal communication all the time does not mean they don't understand or have anything to say slash communicate. Um, so Tiffany, thank you so much for coming back to visit with us. I What I would love to do, I'm thinking over the summer and I'm kind of putting this out there. I would love over the summer to have you back with a couple of parents who have used the book in certain ways. Um, I know some of my parents are already thinking about um, their church and their child's daycare. So I would love to have kind of like a couple of parents come and talk about how it's impacted their community so far and have you back on um, in the summer. That would be so great because it's a good book. Yes. (laughs) Yes. All right, Tiffany, thank you. And all of the information, um, Torn will make sure that that's all in the uh, description for the episode with the link to get the book. And I know that we are definitely going to get this episode out either, I think it's going to be in the queue, certainly by before the end of January, so that people can pre order. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Better All right. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you'd like to help marginalized youth receive access to books and other learning materials, often inaccessible in many parts of the country, please consider buying the VQ Library of Coffee at Ko-Fi. Link in the description.